The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 100 Following the White Rabbit Part 2 1883 April 3rd Denver, Colorado Alcibi and Mistress Castle re-entered the mayor's mansion. Why are we back here? Alcibi asked. This is where we're getting your hair done, Mistress Castle answered. Yeah, but we started here. Why didn't we just stay and get my hair done first? Oh, I know. We had to wait until all of the other girls were awake and ready for business. That's when Arcadia will have extra time, and I can bribe her into doing your hair. Arcadia? Isn't she the young one that plays the guitar? <laughs> She's the maid, the cook. She plays the guitar, she does hair, makeup, she runs errands, she collects, then delivers the mail, and anything else that might be requested. If something needs to be done here, with the exception of sleeping with men, you'll probably find Arcadia doing it. So... The brothel has its own Cassandra. Hmm. I haven't met Cassandra, so I'm not sure if the comparison is accurate. I just know I've offered Arcadia a job in my home, and she refused. She's very loyal to the girls, and absolutely nothing will get you kicked out of here faster than breathing a bad word about her. I wouldn't dream of it. I'm sure she's lovely. And talented. Come on, follow me. Mistress Castle led Elsebe to a door on the first floor. In front of her door, Arcadia stood with a paintbrush in hand. She was decorating it with a picture of an orchid. Afternoon, Arcadia. Mistress Castle greeted her as they approached. She turned from her painting to see who had spoken. Oh, Mistress Castle and Alice. How can I help you? You know who I am, Alcibi asked. Of course I do. Valia told me all about you. You're far lovelier than she described. She described me as ugly. Not ugly. Rugged, I think, is what she said. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to insult you. Arcadia, I'd like your help. I will pay you handsomely. I'm always happy to help. I'm always happy to be paid as well. What can I do for you, mistress? Well, I need you to do something with Alice's hair. Something? Does she want me to cut it? I can cut it like the whiskey girls if she'd like. It's becoming fashionable among the Amazons, isn't it? I don't know. I kind of like my hair long. That's fine. Why don't we go down to the salon? It's down the hall. I'll undo those braids and see what I'm working with. We didn't disturb your painting, did we? Mistress Castle asked. No, I'm all finished here. Follow me. In the salon, Alcibi sat in a chair as Arcadia and Mistress Castle studied her head. Her hair was down and out of the braids, and the long blonde hair was crimped and curly from having been tied up. There's a lot of damage. And before I begin, I'm going to need to wash it. If she wants to keep it long, I'm still going to need to cut off some of the length to get rid of the damaged ends. Also, I think she would look good with bangs. Hmm, maybe. Do remember that she'll be wearing a hat most of the time. Do you have the hat? No. We should have brought the hat first. I didn't think of it. Tell you what, why don't I start washing her hair? You go find her a hat. When you return, I can finish and style it properly. Hmm. I think she'd look better as a redhead. What do you think? 
Red would be a beautiful color on her, but I need to prepare the dye, and I haven't. So, if you make an appointment for next week, I can be sure that the dye is waiting for you. Okay, I'll do that. Also, Mistress Castle held up her hand and pointed to her fingernails. Arcadia smiled and nodded yes. Go ahead. Go get the hat. I'll have everything done before you return. Alice, I'll be right back. Be a good girl and do as you're told. If I find out you've given Arcadia any trouble, you'll be punished. Are you going to spank me with a riding crop? <laughs> that's a very specific request. Would you like that? No, that's not... I was... It was Naomi. She told me that... Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be sure to have a riding crop with me. <laughs> Mistress Castle laughed as she left. Arcadia pulled up a stool and sat in front of Alcibi. Let me see your hands, Arcadia instructed. What do you need my hands for? I'm going to clean and trim your nails. I thought I was here for a haircut. You have to have your nails cleaned and trimmed, or you could cause an infection. An infection where? I'm sorry. Are you sure you're prepared for what Mistress Castle has in mind for you? I'm just her bodyguard. Well, she requested that I clean and trim your nails. So if you're just her bodyguard, then I'm not one to judge the kind of relationship a bodyguard has with her mistress. That's between the two of you. Nothing like that is going on. Then why do you need the riding crop? I don't need a riding crop. It's okay. I don't judge. There is nothing between me and Mistress Castle. Not yet there isn't. That's what I'm saying. I know. I'm going to clean and trim your nails anyways, just in case. Everyone seems to think that Mistress Castle is out to seduce me. I've been warned every step along the way. That's not what I see. She flirts, sure. But to me, she just seems lonely. She is lonely. But that doesn't mean she's not trying to seduce you. I work for her, and she likes things particular. Our relationship is professional. I'm not a whore. And what's wrong with being a whore? It's not an easy job, and in the end, it really doesn't pay all that well. But I don't understand those who have some sort of moral objection to buying and selling affection. Because the truth is, we all trade something for affection. It could be money, sure, but it also could be security, a home, companionship, or gifts. Love is always a trade. Why can't it also be a job? Gifts. You mean like this haircut and the new suit? What new suit? Mistress Castle insisted I get a new suit. She has a tailor working on it now. She also bought me new guns, and she's out to get me a new hat. <laughs> she's not subtle, is she? You think she's trying to buy my affections? Don't judge her too harshly. She's trying to show you that she likes you the only way she can. All of us approach love from different directions. We go from our past into our future, but we've all started somewhere different. Mistress Castle has always been rich. I wouldn't be surprised to find the only affection her mother and father ever showed her was in gifts and money. I'm not sleeping with her because she's buying me a new hat. What would you sleep with her for? What? You didn't say you wouldn't sleep with her. You only said you wouldn't do it for a new hat. What would it take? What will you trade your affection for? I don't know. I've never thought of it like that. 
If I like somebody, and the opportunity presents itself, I just decide whether I want to or not. I don't trade anything for it. Do you like her? Mistress Castle? Who else? If the moment comes, if timing is right, would you take the opportunity? She's very beautiful, and there's something about her that makes me sad. I would like to see her happy. I would like to know if my company could help her feel less lonely. If the opportunity came, I probably would. She gave you gifts, and those gifts made you happy. You can see that she is not happy, so you trade your affection for her happiness. That's what love is. I'm not in love with Mistress Castle, if that's what you wish to believe. I'm not! I hear you, and I'm not disagreeing with you. It sounds like you're disagreeing. That's because you want me to disagree with you. Ask yourself, why does a woman who's not really in any danger hire herself a bodyguard? She runs the bank, and she's the wife of its owner. I wouldn't say she's not in any danger. That could be. Or it could be that a bodyguard follows you around everywhere you go. They don't have any other duties than to watch you, so they become someone who's just there with you. It could be that she's in constant danger. Or it could be that she bought herself a friend. What kind of friend? I think she's leaving that up to you. Come on now, I need to wash your hair. Serena. Nope. Lucille. Nope. Kate. <laughs> nope. And time is running out, Mistress Castle explained as they sat again inside her carriage. Well, where are we going? I'll show you. We're here. The carriage came to a stop. The doorman came out to open the carriage and helped Mistress Castle down. Alcibi stepped down on her own and looked up at the large house. It was mostly slatted wood walls, decorative stained glass windows, and intricate gingerbread. It was painted mint green, but woven through the moldings and carvings was a gray and light pink. To Alcibi, it looked more like a candy shop than a home. What do you think? Mistress Castle asked. I have to admit, I was expecting something more castle-like. Have you actually seen a castle? Oh, sure. When I was a kid, we used to love to play in the ruins. Me and my brothers were always being brave knights fighting off dragons. In Ireland? Sure, we got lots of castles. Oh, I've never actually seen a castle. And I've only been a castle for the last three years. What was your name before? <laughs> Heath. I was once Miss Heath. Deborah Heath. Nope, but nice try. Come inside. We'll get a drink and give the footman some time to put your clothes in my room. Then you can try them on. In your room? Don't look so nervous. It's private and there's a dressing table and I'll do your makeup. I don't tend to wear makeup. It's okay. I'll show you how. Come on. Inside the house was a small but well-stocked bar. Mistress Castle stood behind it, and Alcibi stood in front of it. I have something. I think they'll be right up your alley. All right, I'm game. Show me what you got. Alcibi smiled. Mistress Castle reached under the bar, set two whiskey glasses next to each other, and then pulled out a small tan bottle. It was flat on two sides, and slightly rounded on the top. It had a cork put into it, and had a wax seal that Alcibi recognized. After all, she put it there. The Applejack. You have a bottle of the Applejack. I have several bottles. I ordered them the night of the dance. It's become my favorite. You know I make this, right? I know. 
I have a small confession to make. I know who you are. We've met several times, but I don't think you remember. I was there at the night of the dance, and the night the whiskey girl fought her father. I am a little embarrassed to admit that I've been watching you. I didn't think I'd have the courage until now to speak to you. And I'm sorry I had to trick you into coming with me today. You arranged this all just for me. Why do you think I didn't have anywhere to go? Why do you think I had the time just to wander around and shop for you? It was the plan all along. So when you tried to hire the whiskey girl... I knew Thalia wouldn't let her take the job. I knew she'd send you instead. This was all a setup. <laughs> Are you mad? No. Why would I be mad? I just didn't expect it. I really do want you to be my bodyguard, though. Mistress Castle said as she poured some of the applejack into each glass. She took one for herself and sipped it, smiling at the flavor. So you like it? How does it taste? Hmm, it's hard, but sweet. The apples give it a kind of accent that in time becomes irresistible. The more you drink it, the more you want to drink it, and only it. It's very much like the girl who made it. Elsa be blushed at the compliment. Apparently you have me at a disadvantage. You seem to know everything about me. I know nothing about you. I can't even guess your name. You make me feel guilty. But I can't tell you. It's not yet six o'clock. And we have to see whether or not you win. Come on, let's go to the bedroom and you'll try on your new clothes for me. Is it a name that's also an object? Like pearl or crystal? Elsaby asked as she followed Mistress Castle up the stairs. Are pearl and crystal honest guesses? Yes. Then no, Mistress Castle said as she opened the door to her room for Alcibi. On the large bed sat the boxes of the things they had purchased earlier that day. Let me help you undress, Mistress Castle insisted as she reached for the buttons on Alcibi's shirt. I think I can manage to get undressed on my own, thank you very much. Sure you could, but it's always better with a friend. That's okay. I got this. Alcibi stepped around her to retrieve the clothes from the boxes. She took everything she needed and disappeared behind a dressing screen. You don't have to be modest around me. I know what girls look like naked. That may be true, but you don't know what I look like naked, and I'd like to keep it that way a little longer. Hmm. Not too much longer, I hope. <laughs> Did you plan this out? Was this the entire plot, just to get me up here in your bedroom naked? Don't be ridiculous. If that were true, then I would have removed the dressing screen before you arrived. All right, all right. I'll buy that story for now. Here, help me with the tie. Alcibi stepped out from behind the dressing screen, fully clothed in her new outfit. She held still as Mistress Castle carefully tied the tie. She readjusted the hat on her head and then stepped aside so she could see herself in the mirror. Holy mother! I look... Sexy, whispered Mistress Castle. I was gonna say rich, but I didn't want to be presumptuous. Alcibi stood staring at herself in the mirror. She could hear from the hall a grandfather clock chiming the hour. Her head spun around, trying to see where the sound was coming from. Oh, shit! What time is it? Oh, it's six o'clock, Mistress Castle said, smiling. I lost! I lost the bet! I know... Was this the plan? <laughs> well, not from the beginning. I had to improvise. I fell right into your trap. It's only a trap if you don't want to be here. 
And if you don't want to be here, I'll not hold you to any bet you've made. I have let you in and shown you everything. We have come to this moment with our eyes open. The question is now for you. What's the question? Do you want to kiss me or not? Alcibi set her hand on Mistress Castle's cheek. She leaned forward and kissed her. Mistress Castle melted into the kiss. She held her there against her lips. Alcibi's hands wrapped around her, stepping forward into her, the curves of their bodies sliding against each other. Alcibi held on to her as she broke the kiss and looked into her eyes. But now, will I ever know your name? You can guess again, but then you'll owe me another kiss if you get it wrong. Janet, Alcibi asked, but didn't wait for a response, and kissed Mistress Castle immediately. Juliet. Again, she asked and then kissed. Natalie. Alcibi whispered, before kissing her again, this time backing her up as they headed for the bed. Janet. She asked and kissed her as Mistress Castle's legs hit the bed and she fell into it. You already guessed, Janet, she said. I know. Alcibi admitted as she removed her jacket and joined Mistress Castle on the bed. Alcibi awoke to a sharp pain as her hair was being pulled. She opened her eyes to see the room spin above her, her body momentarily weightless until she hit the floor. A large man held her by her hair and then slammed her head into the ground. She was dizzy as she tried to scoot away. What the fuck is this, Eleanor? You brought a whore back to our bed? I put up with a lot of shit from you, but this is too far. The man yelled as he kicked Alcibi in the ribs. She let out a scream of pain and then held herself, breathing in and pulling herself together. Nicholas, stop. You don't know what you're doing. She's not a whore. She's in my bed, sleeping with my wife. How many times did you fuck her in here before you fell asleep? Nicholas, stop. You don't know what you're doing, Mistress Castle pleaded. Alcibi got to her feet, shook the cobwebs out of her head, and took her boxing stance. Nicholas Castle turned to look when Alcibi punched him in the jaw. His head spun and his body went with it. Losing his balance for a moment, she continued her attack. She punched him in the body, pushing him back. Oh God, please, both of you stop! Mistress Castle pleaded. Nicholas pushed Alcibi away, holding his mouth, and then looking to see he was bleeding. You son of a bitch! What kind of asshole pulls a woman from her sleep and begins to beat on her? Well, it's time to teach you some women punch back, Alcibi yelled. Nicholas charged forward, punching. Alcibi caught his hand, swung him around, and then threw him into the dresser. He hit it hard, and for a moment it looked like the wind was knocked out of him. She came up behind him and began punching him in the side. He grabbed one of the top drawers and swung it around and hit her with it. Its contents spilled onto the floor. Alice! The gun! Mistress Castle screamed as she pointed to the contents of the drawer laid out on the floor. Among them was a small revolver. Nicholas saw it first and reached for it. Alcibi dropped to the floor and pulled one of the nickel-plated, pearl-handled guns from her holster. The light sparkled off of it, and it glittered like diamonds as she pulled the trigger. The bullet passed through Nicholas Castle, and he died on the floor of his bedroom. Oh, holy fuck. What have I done? Alcibi questioned herself. Alice, are you okay? Mistress Castle ran to her side. Am I okay? No. Was that your husband? Uh, it doesn't matter. Are you okay? I'm fine, but he's dead. 
What am I going to do? It's okay. He attacked you. He attacked you, and he was going to shoot you. I'm naked, in his bed, with his wife. I think that the fact that he attacked me first isn't going to go very far. They're going to hang me for this. No, they won't. Come, I'll tell them. I'll tell them what happened. Exactly. What are you going to tell them? The truth isn't going to work. Alcibi got up from the floor and began putting her clothes on. Where are you going? Mistress Castle asked. I'm running. That's what I'm doing. I have to get out of here. I have to find a place to hide, even if I have to go all the way back to Ireland. You, you can't go. What am I supposed to do? You. Tell the truth. Tell them I killed him. Tell them anything you want. I really don't give a shit. I'm not going to be around to argue it. Alcibi took her old hat, placed it on her head, and walked out of the door. Alice, wait! Mistress Castle pleaded. Alcibi stopped, standing in the doorway. She didn't turn around. I'm sorry. I wish this didn't happen. I wish I could have loved you. Goodbye, Eleanor. Alcibi walked out. Alcibi knocked on the door to Paris's room. She didn't mean to knock hard, but she was panicked. Who is it? Paris asked from the other side. Alcibi opened the door and walked into the room as she said, Boss, it's me. Paris covered herself quickly and Thalia with their blankets. Alice, wait until I say you can come in. What the hell are you wearing? Boss, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. What's wrong? Thalia asked. I killed Mistress Castle's husband. I have to get out of town. I have to hide. Do you have any money? You what? Paris stood up, not caring she exposed herself. I think it might have been a setup. I think she seduced me so that I would kill him. It doesn't really matter. I fell for it. I fucked up and he's dead. Calm down. Stay calm. See the path. What do you need the money for? Paris asked as she rummaged through her saddlebags for her wallet. I wish I could tell you it was going to be a loan. I wish I could tell you I could pay it back, but I don't know if I ever will be able to. I just need to get out of Denver. I have to go as far as I can and hide. Listen, Alice, it's going to be okay. Calm down. I know a place you can go. Where? The town I grew up in is south of here. It's hidden in a canyon. It's very hard to find if you don't know exactly where it is. I'll take you there. You remember Colin, my uncle? He was here training me when my father was here. His husband owns a bar. If I ask them to, I know they'll give you a job. Will it be safe there? Luke was once the most wanted man in America. He's lived there for 17 years, and nobody has found him. He still has a warrant here in Denver, too. No one will find you, and no one in town will admit they know you if anyone comes looking. Trust me. You do that for me. Of course. You're my sister. If we aren't going to help each other, who will help us when we're in need? Just let me get dressed and get my things together. Paris turned to Thalia. Thalia, I'm sorry I have to go. I, I understand. Go. I'll be back. It should take three or four days, but I will return as soon as I can, and then we'll get married. <laughs> of course. It'll take me that long to set up a wedding anyways. You could come with us. We could get married there. I'm sure my family would love to see it. We'll do that too. But first I want to be married here. I want Naomi and Celia to be there. I want everyone to come. Don't worry. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. 
We have all the time in the world. (laughs) I love you, Thalia. Paris said as she bent down to kiss her. I love you more. Now, go help your friend. Paris whipped the reins of the cart, driving it out of the barn. When she came to the gates of the Walker farm, a woman sat on a steamer trunk blocking the way. She wore a red and pink silk dress and a black cowboy hat that didn't fit her. Her head was down and her hands folded in front of her. Paris stopped the cart. Mistress Castle, Alcibi asked. Please, don't call me that anymore. Call me Ellie. No one ever has. I'd like you to be the first. What are you doing here, Ellie? I want to go with you. Into hiding. Into nothing. Broke. On the run. You'll walk away from your husband's fortune. From your bank. Leaving everything behind to follow me? Why? I'm always a day late. I have never found anyone to love. I've never had anyone who loved me back, who was truly mine. Every time I find something real, something happens. They marry someone else. They just want to use me so they don't have to admit a woman is running their bank. They just disappear, leaving for parts unknown. I have been cursed. You set me up. You set me up to kill your husband. You lured me into that bed. You lulled me to sleep, and then... Waited for him to return. No, I didn't, I swear. He wasn't supposed to be in Denver. He was supposed to be in Nevada. I don't know why he came home early. He shouldn't have been home for days. I didn't want you to kill him. I know how it looks. I'm so sorry, but I'm willing to give up everything. Just for the chance that once in my life, someone might love me. We've just met. I'll risk it. I'll risk everything. For the hope that this time I'm not too late. I just wanted you to love me. Get on board. Alcibi jumped down from the buckboard. Paris followed after her. They helped Ellie up, and taking her trunk, they put it in the back of the cart. Where are we going? Ellie asked, as Paris and Alcibi joined her on the buckboard. It's kind of hard to describe. It's a town very much like the Amazon. Only for men, Paris said, as she whipped the reins and began to drive. They won't mind two women, then, Alcibi asked. Don't worry. The first and practically only law in town is, if it's not your bedroom, then what do you care who's in it? Now, that's a law I can get behind, Alcibi laughed. Anna was in town two weeks ago, Eurysidy asked. Only long enough to drop Ellie and I off, then she turned around and headed back. I think she was afraid she was going to miss her own wedding. Did she get married? How did Thalia die? I don't know. I wasn't there. I only found out she'd passed when Colin told me yesterday. When the boss came back and was upstairs drinking, I assumed they broke up like Naomi had predicted. Would Ellie know? No. If you want to know, you're going to have to ask Cassandra. But to do that, you'll have to go up to Denver. Thank you, Alice. Will you do me a favor? Sure, name it. If Anna comes in here, drinking... Keep her company. Water down her drinks. When she gets lonely, she drinks too much. You got it. I'll make sure she knows she has a friend. And if anyone ever gives you and Ellie any trouble, just let me know and I'll take care of it. Ain't you sweet, but I think I can handle myself, though. I still have these. Alcibi set her hands on the nickel-plated colts at her sides. Eurysidy laughed and turned to walk into the main bar. 
asked to be followed to find Ellie talking to Henry. They each had a notepad and were discussing plans for the new bank. Alice, come over! Ellie waved for her to join them. Yes, darling. What can I do for you? We're going to build a bank. Henry and I. He's going to help build it and then sell it to me along with the land. And I'm going to run it. When it opens, I want you to guard it. What do you think? We have enough money to start a bank. Oh, yes. Oh, plenty. Ellie smiled. Well, then, I think that's just grand. Alice, it'll be a bank of my own. What are you going to call it? (laughs) I was thinking about calling it Wonderland Bank. Oh, I like it. Our slogan could be, throw your savings down the rabbit hole. Oh, God, that's not funny. Ellie said, but also laughed. Feed your savings the mushroom and watch them grow. (laughs) That's better, but it still doesn't work. Wonderland Bank, you'd be mad not to give us your money. Okay, okay, that's enough. (laughs) Ellie laughed even harder and kissed Elsebe. Elsebe kissed her back. And for once, she had nothing to say. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. <laughs>